You're listening to the Barn Restaurant Podcast, where hospitality lovers come to listen and learn with expert David DiLorenzo. Now here's your host, the DLO. All right, and we are back with another episode of the Bar Restaurant Podcast. And I laugh because I have a um, very handsome and good friend of mine, Tucker Woodbury. When's he, when's he coming? He, he's here. Oh. He's here. He's speaking to me live in studio. I've been, I've been waiting for this moment, and I know you have as well. I have been. We've talked about this for a long time, and I'm happy to be here. Thank you for coming. Yeah, of course. And uh, we're excited to hear about your story. I won't, uh, you know, we only have a half hour, so I'm not going to, dam- <laughs> I'm not going to damage you too much. Yeah. But I, this is for really for um, people, you know, not just in the hospitality industry, but just people all over mainstream to kind of hear about Tucker and 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 what you've been through and and what you're creating and and what you continue to create. So I want to start with where were you born? I was. Believe it or not, I was born in Johnsonville or Florence, South Carolina, but I lived there for about six months and was raised in Colorado, right yeah. out, a little town called Broomfield, right outside of Boulder. So okay, so you're a Colorado I call boy. myself a native, you know? I, you know, I like to be honest, but really, I was born in South Carolina of all places. Yeah, and what was the six-month stint for? They just My father was in the textile business in uh, Boston, you know, and they, they sent him down there to to train in, because that's where all the woolen mills were. Yeah. But ultimately, his destination was to go out west and travel the west and buy and sell wool. Wow. And that's what he did for, from the time, from 1958 or probably 56 until uh, he retired about four years ago. He retired when he was 86 years old. And he just worked the same job the whole time. But he did what he loved. Well, yeah. you know what? He um, he worked for a company and uh, worked his ass off as my dad likes to say working your ass off he's from massachusetts (laughs) and uh and or was from massachusetts i guess and um and they one day they got a letter in the mail and they caught me they let him go and so he just picked himself up by his bootstraps and started his own company and ended up doing exactly what he was doing and turning his ex-employer into one of his clients no so he kidding. was, so he, he knew all, he had all the relationships with wool growers all over the Western United States. And, uh, of course when shearing season came around, he was there and there he was competing against his own company and, <laughs> and buying wool and then selling it back to him. So it was like a touche thing, but yeah, yeah. you know, that, honestly, I mean, it was him and I graduated college in 81 and then moved to New York and I was there for a while and, um, working for a company, I was in the kind of the textile business, but it was always my dad that made me know that I ultimately wanted to work for myself because yeah. he, after that, you know, um, he learned that lesson. And so that was kind of my motivator really to just um, do my own thing and pursue uh, my own dreams and all that. So you, cool. you, you're you very close, you know, with, with your parents. You have yep. a, I mean, you have this persona even, you know, online and for as long that I've known you. And so everybody knows I've known Tucker since I was, probably 18 and I worked for Warner brother records and yeah. hung up posters at a, at a place that he had called the rocking horse at the time. And now I'm 47. So you all can do the math on that, but just knowing Tucker through the years and seeing him, um, you know, the way that he just loves his family in general. And you were very close to your dad. And yeah. He just, he just passed a, a year ago, um, just shortly before his 91st birthday. But, um, yeah, love my dad, yeah. you know, and, uh, but it's good, you know, his, as they say, his memory becomes a blessing. You know, we were sad, but, you know, yeah. here's the deal. You got, you know, you 
I was just grateful to have the all that extra time with it, right? You 100%. Know? Yeah. You know? and, and, and the freedom to have your own business and be able to spend that latter time with him, go to those games that you did and, and yeah. all that. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, just, you know, it, relationships with your parents and with your father in particular are always interesting, right? I, I worked relate. for my dad for a, a short bit of time, but, um, you know, we were different, but we shared a lot of the same interests and yeah. the Broncos being one of them. We've been season, he was season ticket holder since 1963. So I think I went to my first Bronco game when I was five and we went to the last one when he was 89 together. So, wow. that's, so that, that's just one of the things, but yeah, he, you know, a great father and, and kind of much like your dad, um, someone you aspire to be as close to, you know, in terms of just the way they live their life and treat their family as you possibly can. You know, I always say about my dad that he um, he never had a bad word to say about anybody, and nobody had a bad word to say about him, and he was yeah. just loved by by everybody. So that's you know, when I get a little bit sad, I just think of all the good yeah. stuff. So yeah, but thank yeah. you for asking. Yeah. No, that's that's beautiful, and and I I know your dad and mom were married for how long? It was a long time, right? Well, over almost sixty. Years. Yeah, yeah, almost yeah. sixty years. It's a lifetime. Uh, they would have been sixty. Their sixtieth would have been end of August last summer, so it'd be 61. Yeah. So, yeah. And your mom was a writer? No, my mom wasn't a writer. My mom was a, was a teacher. A teacher, okay. Yeah, my mom was a teacher, but, you know, but just she kind of instilled my love of all the pretty things, you know? Yeah. You know, my dad instilled the work ethic. Right. Because he truly worked harder than anybody and made me work, you know, old school, you know? Yeah. You know, no weed whackers, you know, trim the entire perimeter of the lawn with a hand clipper <laughs> that, yeah. in, in high school. When, when he knew I was hung over, he'd make sure he woke me up early to mow the lawn or go to work <laughs> with him or, you know, stuff like that, you know? Right. And, but my mom was always the one that loved all the, and still, my mom's still alive. Yeah. She'll be 91 in September, but, uh, you know, just my love of, of books and words and creative things and whatever. So, you know, lucky me, I had that, you know, kind of yin and yeah. yeah. But in the end, it was funny because you're always intimidated by your dad and you're scared shitless, right? You know, right. because, you know, well, wait till your dad gets home. You know, that was kind of, remember those yeah, days? Yeah, totally. And, uh, but ultimately he was the, he was softer than she was, you know? Older, oh my right? God. Yeah. He was yeah. so incredibly sentimental at the end and, yeah. you know, and that was always part of him, but, you know, he had his role to play and Correct. it was different back then, right? Well, I mean, it's the same it, with my dad. I mean, he, yeah. you know, finally there's a, a point buds. where they say, I love you, you know, and mm -hmm. they're, they're more sentimental as they get older. And they're not this big, you know, bodybuilder yeah. guy. That's yeah, just an aura. And, I, and I'm kind of getting that way with my kids now. They're 24, yeah. and uh, my daughter just turned 21 a few That's days right. ago. And, you know, it's like, now we're, we're friends, and, you know, I don't have to be the guy that, you know, I'm afraid to tell you this, you know, kind of a thing. So, That's but I, I could get better at that, so I'm working on that. Yeah, and you, so you have a, a, a son and a daughter. Yep. So 21 and 24, and, yeah. I mean, parenting has to be probably the biggest, like, joy ever I would yeah assume. oh it certainly is you know was a little bit now you know yeah. kind of as they get older right and then you kind of transition because you know you hopefully you've given them a good moral compass and you've put them in a good place to succeed and um and then ultimately you just want to be a part of their life you know and, yeah. and weave in and help when you can and support them however you can but but really you're just you know you just 
read a room about the cabin. So, so hopefully, Go, hopefully yeah. it turns out all right, right? The cycle of life. So yep. you moved to Arizona in 1990? Yeah, 1990. I, yeah, I was living in Manhattan, and uh, um, I just had a kind of a mini midlife crisis. My buddy was in the bar and restaurant business um, with Les Carreri. His name's Scott Green. Oh, wow. And uh, and I was coming out here, and he was having all the fun. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> And I was, you know, I like New York and whatever, but I always looked at it kind of like going to grad school. I knew that I didn't want to live on the East Coast my whole life, and right. I certainly didn't want to live. And then there was, I got to this crossroads where I got offered some, a big job, and, you know, it was, if I take that job, I'm going to be the guy that's commuting in from Connecticut on the train and, you know, all that stuff, and I just, I freaked out kind yeah. of in a way. And I just passed on the job and took whatever money I had. And I invested with my friend Scott in a bar called Trocadero's and 10 Downing street. You Holy remember those cow. Places? Yeah. Yeah. Way back when. And, uh, and came out here and just learned about the bar business through kind of, I just immersed myself in it. Had you been ever been to Arizona, you know, through your Colorado days before? Uh, we, I call it one year we drove from Colorado State University, Fort Collins, to Tempe for spring break because everybody <laughs> went to Tempe right. for spring break, you know, oh, you know, and so, uh, and we, we did a road trip um, down there, but that was the only time I wasn't in love with Arizona, but, but it certainly was a welcome respite from, you know, New York sometimes when, it's cold and it's gray and it's whatever. And you come to New York or come out here. And of yeah. course it's five or six days and pool parties and drinking and playing golf. And I'm like, man, you know, <laughs> I'll trade work. that. Yeah. <laughs> and I had had enough, you know, New York was great, but I just kind of, so I went out here and I got in the business and it wasn't easy. It yeah. wasn't easy. I mean, we struggled right away and uh, it was fun. Cause we opened right when I got here, we opened 10 Downing street, which competed against, Trocaderos, but we were partners in both of them. Right. And there weren't very many places to go back then. I mean, I think there was Hops and 10 Downing Street and Trocaderos. And, you know, you either had it all or you didn't. So we were fighting against our own partners for customers, which was crazy. But uh, anyway, so so we got left. We kind of got left the, you know, the old the old beater car and they drove off in the shiny (laughs) new Lambo. And so we did what we could to kind of, you know, and bring that place kind of back to life, which we did. And then, uh, and then from there met D Skipton over at, uh, what became the rock and horse. Yeah. Um, she owned the impeccable pig and, uh, we kind of hit it off and, uh, we built a honky tonk and, uh, and that's kind of where I kind of became my own person. I, I was no longer partners. I think less and, um, less and Mark Drinkwater did, um, from hops there um gosh i can't remember what it was called jets and sticks yeah jets and sticks jets i was and trying to jets and ah, sticks. that's right and i said yeah i'm go- and so i did something that was kind of true to who i was right because i had a love of uh, music and roots music and realness and that was kind of more slick you know, and, and the rock and horse was your first one on your own yeah and so your love for music and all that where did that come from i mean what, what was the beginning of that just growing up as a kid? Yeah, just, you know, I was just, I was just that kid. You yeah. Know, that just had to have albums and, you know, you know, sat in my room with my headphones on with pictures of Mick Jagger posters, you know, on the wall. And my dad would walk in and look at me, what are you doing? You know, 
kind of a I thing. I'm, just, relate, I'm yeah. reading the liner notes on the albums back and <laughs> forth. So, yeah, I've always just had an appreciation of music. And, uh, and so once we, uh, once we kind of got up and running, I said, I want to not only make this a country bar, which it was on the weekends, you remember, like yeah. a real, real deal honky tonk, not, yeah. not the new country, whatever it is. And, but then do all the kind of that alt country and all the music I wanted to hear. And good and bad, I think, because you, um, you know, you book the bands that you want to see, which is probably not a, the greatest business move because lots of times there was a handful of people there. Right. But I just said, I don't care. I'm a, this, I want to see this First band that no one, else, yeah. no one else is bringing them to town. But, um, but yeah, it was a blast. And we did some really cool shows. There. And that's when you and I became friends. I know. And, and like, I remember I was hanging up Steve Earl posters in your place that, um, and there was another like, uh, God, it was like a ska punk, um, sort yeah. of band. Um, no, big bad no, daddy. no, big, no, <laughs> no, 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 Royal Crown Review. Royal Crown, same yeah. deal. Yeah. That yeah. One, we had all that swing stuff going yep. on. That's and, right. Uh, what are some know, of your favorites that you had booked there back in the day? Oh God, man. We used to, we used to let, I mean, obviously Dave Matthews band played there. That's you know? awesome. That's, that's way that's back. Huge. I'm trying to think of bands that kind of got big yeah. that, that had, you know, that, that kind of started there. The, um, God, who else? Cheryl Crow did a show yeah. there way back when. Yeah. You know, we had Hootie and the Blowfish come in, and you know these are before there. Right. But that's you know that's the nature of the business, right? You you book bands at a club level, yeah, and then they they grow, right? And a lot of the bands that we booked probably never played a room bigger than a no. five hundred seater. Yeah. But some of them do take off, right? And so. And that place wasn't that big. Yeah, I yeah I, I don't know what the fire marshal said it was, but yeah, we maybe crammed you in. Crammed it in. Three or four hundred people. <laughs> yeah. You weren't insuring me then, so it didn't matter. No, well, I wasn't. And so talking about that, which is kind of ironic, you end up selling the Rockin' Horse, right? And then this was pre-before the fire had happened. Nope, nope. The, Dale Watson was on stage. He's a great freaking honky-tonker from Austin. It was on a Saturday, and um, manager called, and she said, you got to get down here, and uh, there's a fire. And I was like, ah, whatever. No, I mean, there's a fire. And I lived in Arcadia, and I pulled out onto Indian School, and I could see the plume of smoke. Oh and I gosh. said, uh-oh, and uh, drove down and sat across the street in front of the coach house. And uh, the fire marshal came to me and goes, listen, we're not going to be able to save your business. Because you know, it started further down. Okay. But he said, all we're going to do right now, even though you see a spraying water on your building, that's just kind of for appearance's sake. But we're going to save all the other structures that are around it. And so we just wow. sat there and watched the thing burn. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that was uh, that, and then, then, um, and then a month later, we reopened in a, over in Old Town, and then that didn't work. That's right for me. Yeah, it, you know, so I got right. I got out of it. Then. Yeah, you got out of that, and then what? What came after that? When when was your? We opened That's a Wrap. You know, we did a bunch yep. of That's a Wrap stores, which I sold to Damon Brash, who still, you know, he has Green and some other places oh, yeah. here That's in right. town. Yeah. He was our chef, and then. Um, do after that um and then i had babies and my wife said you can't we, the rap business didn't make a lot of money it wasn't the cool rap it was the sandwich wraps yeah we didn't make a lot of dough and so <laughs> so i went back to what i was doing in new york which was advertising and um we started a little company called rocket science creative and we had a lot of hospitality clients right. and um and then we got um we got we were purchased by a company called Future One because we had some capabilities, some extensive capabilities in Flash, which was this 
technology that allowed for motion graphics in websites, which was, you know, not just static, you know, and now you can't find that anymore. But, and so a company bought us for the people that we had on board and we did a lot of cool work. Um, the company became the furious and, uh, did a lot of cool work for Ford Motor Company and Boeing That's and cool. Mazda and Hasbro. We did, did all these kind of animated yeah. transformers. Remember all that stuff? Oh, yeah. So, and I couldn't do any of that, you know, but all of our people could. Yeah. So I, I did that for a while and I was kind of a rainmaker for the company. Yeah. Which kind of the old, the other one was more clever sayings and headlines and writing copy. And I wasn't doing, so I said, I don't want to do this anymore. And I was driving home. One day, and I saw a sign in front of the, um, at the time was the Wrong Number Lounge, which was this, you know, just south of 40th Street on Indian yeah. School, this old dilapidated. It was bad. Beat up old <laughs> building. And I pulled in and I called the guy and, um, you know, in 15, and then, my goodness, it's been 15 years almost since and opened the first VIG there. VIG, yeah. I remember yeah. walking through that dilapidated building with you at oh the time. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. So you have a, you have a partner, Jimmy, Jim Riley. Yep. And, and how did you guys end up connecting? You know, we were, <laughs> I was getting into the thing and we had, I'd started the design process and, um, and we're getting close and, and I just found out that I didn't want to work alone. Right. Really. You know, and it's, it's not fun. And, um, and I think I talked to Eddie Matney and I think, uh, Justin Beckett and, you know, people that, you know, that, you know, wanted potentially to partner with. And I said, you know, and, but I wanted like a, a real hands-on kind of partner. And another, there was another investor guy that was going to put some money in. And I was like, I want somebody that's going to grind here with me. And so I was introduced to Jimmy at a swim meet one day. And, um, and I told him what I was doing and, and he was getting out of the blue moose at the time, I yeah. think. And so we just, became partners. So that was 16 years ago. And you, and you both were swimming against each other? No, our kids. Were. Oh, you kids. <laughs> no, our kids were. You weren't a big we were on, yeah, we, I think we were drinking beer on the pool deck. But anyway, that's, and yeah, we've been partners ever since. And we're, it's a good partnership because I'm more kind of the, the creative, yeah. visionary, come up with the concept, you know, and, and Jimmy's the guy that makes sure that they succeed. You know, I always tell people, it's like if I have, if I ever had to manage a place that I opened, it would go out of business. You know, I don't have the patience for, yeah, because you know, that's not fun. You know, the fun is concepting it and designing it for me, and then, then the thing, then you got to throw a party seven days a week, three hundred sixty-five right. days a year, and I'm bad at that. I mean, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to worry about payroll and no. benefits and insurance and yeah. food cost. I just don't. But you know your strength, so, which is so, good. And, and, yeah. and so God bless him, you know. Yeah. So I think it, you know, we're different in a lot of ways. We're different politically. We're different creatively. We're different in so many different ways. But um, but lucky because yeah. I think if we were the same, you know, a couple of guys that were either too much Jimmy, yep. the places would be, you know, not as interesting, right? They wouldn't look as cool. They wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't have the same vibe. And if it was a bunch of me's then, you know, you know, be, you know, then nobody's going to make sure that the place stays open. So it's been really good. Yeah. 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 How many bigs are there now? Do you even know? We have five. Five of them. And okay. we have, um, pending, we have an LOI. We're just waiting for an approval one down in South Scottsdale, which will be number six. That's so really cool. yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. 
on top of that, when you look at the when you look at the creative um, and everything that's going on, I mean, you have places like Ladera, the Womack, uh, Linger Longer or Lounge, which we had, um, McMillan, which you created, and uh, Little Woody. Little Woody, yeah. and, then, and partners with Charlie and Crescent and Valley Bar, and yeah. we opened the Van Buren. We've got the arcade bars downtown. Yep. So you know, and because you said you wanted to talk about me today, but really, we can. But I think my whole all of my, and I just kind of alluded to it talking about Jimmy. Yeah. But I think the success that we've been fortunate to have is because I've identified and had the pleasure to work with really talented collaborative partners, much like Jimmy and I were kind of yin and yang. Yeah. Charlie and I are different, yeah. but we work well together. Adi and, and Chucky Duff and I are different, but work, work together well, together. well you yeah. know, so lucky me to, to kind of, be able to hitch my, you know, you know, my wagon to those horses, you know, yeah, and, and good for them too. And, you know, we have a good architect and it's really fun. I mean, you know, the business, everyone says how hard the, the hospitality business is and it's a bitch for sure, mm-hmm. but it's super fun. And it's, you know, it's pretty gratifying to say, Oh, I saw a show at your place or I met my wife at your place or I love that place, you know, kind of a thing. And so you know, we made, I think we've, Collectively, all the different people I've been involved with and all the projects we've done, we've really helped change kind of the hospitality landscape of Phoenix. 100%. For the better downtown in particular. I mean, we did not to say that we're in charge of the, you know, the you know, the boom in downtown Phoenix, but, you know, Crescent, it was nobody wanted to build anything downtown <sighs> because no one lived there. And yeah. nobody wanted to live there because there was nothing to do. Right? right? So it was either chicken or the egg thing and so we did that and then right after we did did big Fillmore, and then the downtown asu campus and light rail opened and you know it was kind of a yeah uh, whatever that is the i don't know what you call that word but um you know a confluence right, right. of you know of a lot of the stars aligning at the right time and and here's downtown phoenix this blank canvas that a lot of scraped buildings and empty parking lots and you know literally i mean yeah. There was no, Roosevelt Row was cool. And, you know, I mean, there was, you know, the art community was down there. Um, but beyond that, there wasn't a lot. I mean, you go to the, what, Arizona Center and go to Hooters or what was there to do? There was nothing to do. I mean, really, you, you right? look at it now and it's just booming, you know. And, and you were, continue to, yeah. Yeah. You were, so, you, I, you know, I've had ourselves on the back to a little bit because, you know, we pioneered a little bit, even 40th and Indian School, you know, when I opened the Victor, people yeah. were going, you're open the where the hood. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm not leaving. You know. I mean. I swear. Yeah. Right. And then, and now it's you know part of the um, part of the infield there. There's so many. You know. There's so many things that have sprouted up in and around it. Craig and Lauren were you know open right about the same time, a little before yeah. us, Postino, and that was kind of the inspo. It's like, okay, I don't really want to go to Postino because at the time it felt very. Um, I got like a ladies lunch place to me, you yeah. know, just to who I was, I would go in there and, and, the, but the ladies were having more, way more fun than the men. And I said, we got to open a place that is kind of the equivalent. So yeah. that was kind of, you know, and more, not that it was a man's club, but it was more kind of like more masculine and more of a tavern, yeah. you know, and that was kind of a wine bar. Right. And so really that was the inspo for the big was Postino. Wow. 
That's, I don't know if you knew that, but that's no, where I it didn't. came from. That's a great story. Um, wow. How about um, as far as as far as like hobbies and all that? What do you enjoy doing on your off time or whatever? Besides, I know you travel a lot. I know you love your dogs. Um, yeah, love my dogs, which I incorporate into hiking. You know, I've um, I'm a little bit of an athlete from time to time. You did an Ironman. I have, and I'm getting ready to do my tenth um, ride across Iowa. Wow! This summer, we, cool. you ride your bike from one end of the other. Yeah, which is a blast. That's in the end of July, and um, you and I both share a uh, passion for guitar. Yep. You know, and I'm a hoarder of records, and I love <laughs> vinyl totally. and and just you know you know just stuff like that. Yeah. I love you know I love to take pictures and stuff. But really, you know, it's, it, I think it all kind of, it all seems to kind of come back to music. You know. Yeah. Playing guitar, listening to music. I can't keep up now because I don't think anyone can because there's so many bands now because it's so easy to get your music out there. Yeah. But um, but I'm grateful that we have Valley Bar and Crescent and well, not not Van Buren any longer, but because it keeps me somewhat relevant because I'm forced to go see bands that I wouldn't have seen and I would have missed them. You yeah, know? Yeah. You know. So does does do you still get to book some of your own shows there? <laughs> Charlie <laughs> no. will ask it. It's hilarious. They call they call me for advice on like a country show. It's like, listen, I owned a country bar, but I don't really know a lot about right. New Nashville country at. Yeah. I said, don't call me anymore about country music. If you want to call me a, about Austin, you know, y'all country as they call it, yeah, which is yeah. a cool word. Y'all alternative, I think they call it. Y'all alternative. Y'all alternative. Awesome. Um, but, but no, but you know, I will, I will send from occasion, you know, I'll yeah. be, the, I'm that guy, you know, that says, Oh, listen to this band. And occasionally they'll book the, they'll book the band. <laughs> uh, I don't see any aspirations for you slowing down anytime soon. So I would assume that you've got some inner workings in your mind. Yeah. Some you know, and... it's interesting. Cause I just mentioned my, my father and he loved to do what he did. And there was no reason that he had to work until he was 86 years old other than he loved what he did. Yeah. And I do love what I do, but I don't want to quit working at 86 and then, and then can't get around very well. And, you know, and, you know, I missed that window. Yeah. So he is an inspiration from working for myself, but also prioritizing. Having said all that, we've got, we've got three or four things on the horizon. I was talking to my wife about it. We said, let's work our asses off. As my dad said, for the next three years, I'd like to do four or five more things that are interesting and cool. And, yeah. you know, a, you know, little say gifts, but you know, things that Phoenix doesn't have yeah. or Scottsdale doesn't have, you know, I mean, that's kind of our main thing is like, you know, I'm not Sam Fox, you know, Sam Fox can identify a concept that he can do multiples of, and he's a genius, right? He's right. like, all right, I can build one North and I can build 50 of them. And he has a jet and it's, and, and I don't, but, um, you know, <laughs> I'd much rather drive by the little Woody or, you know, or build a basement bar or whatever, you know, that's just me, That's you. you know, yeah. just cause, so there's a few more of those that I have up my sleeve. So. Well, the Phoenix deserves that and, and they definitely need you here still. And, and the passion and, and the love that you put into these places, people that go there, I mean, they, they go there and it's noticeable. So it's very cool. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's very, um, fulfilling and, and, and I'm appreciative that when we open places, it kind of validates what we had thought, you know, yeah. I want to build a place that I want to go to. And, you know, it's saying a lot like you don't, you tastemaker and I'm not necessarily but chances are except for linger longer um they want to go yeah <laughs> and I don't want to say linger longer because 
Dave and I were partners in Linger Longer. <laughs> Hi, Dave and I. Um, and uh, and we ended up selling it to friends of ours yeah. who are doing great with it. So That's that awesome. one just, you know, just was. It is what it is. Yep. Um, okay, a couple of uh, rapid-fire questions. No oh, wrong or, God, I no don't like these. No right or wrong answer to this. I don't like these. So you're going to like these. No. Yes. Nude Beach or Disneyland? Disneyland. Okay. Beer or wine? Beer. But, but cocktail, really. Cocktail, I know. Well, I didn't put cocktail in there because I know what you said. <laughs> um, the woods or the beach? So funny, we just bought a house in Telluride last year, and I got bored with the beach. You know, I'm, yeah. I'd much rather be in the woods, mountain bike, fish, hike. I'm just... I get, a guy, I get to come visit you. This sounds awesome. Those, that wasn't a one-word answer. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't have to be one-word answer. It's fine. Um, small, intimate concert or stadium concert? Oh, small and intimate. Yeah. I'm completely jaded by having been able to see. It's hard for me to go to a a big show. Yeah. You know, it just is. You know. yeah. I'll go, but it's not the same. Not the same, yeah. Um, I don't know if there's a difference in this or not. Rockabilly or country? Oh, my gosh, Rockabilly. You know, and depending on how you define country, yeah. you know, I don't really call country now country. It's right. pop, pop fusion, weird, you know, just theme, just cut and paste, you know, blue jeans and a pickup truck. And, <laughs> but I love old school country, man. You know, Hank Williams. And, yeah, oh, yeah. Just give me any of that. But all day. You know. All day. Uh, burger or pasta? Burger. I love burgers. Uh, what's more likely, UFOs or Bigfoot? Oh, UFOs. I can, uh, but I think you're pulling for Bigfoot. I can tell. No, I love you UFOs. You think Chewbacca's real. I, no, I, I already think UFOs are real. Um, what would you rather encounter, sharks in the ocean or a big-ass bear in the woods? I've encountered sharks in the ocean before. Okay. I don't have a problem with sharks if I'm diving and I'm underwater. Okay. But before I go under and I'm there kicking and putting my my gear on, I'm thinking they're going to get me. As soon as I go under, I think, all right, I got a chance. Um, and there's lots of woods in the Telluride or bears in the Telluride area. I haven't seen one yet. And I'm supposedly they're cool, but I would be more <laughs> fearful of a bear than a shark. It's the light of the podcast. They say supposedly the black bears, they're cool. oh, they're cool. <laughs> Don't worry. Just make a lot of noise when you're walking. Yeah. I'm going to shit my pants when right. I see a bear in the woods. Oh, yeah. I think we all would. Does a, does a Tucker Woodbury shit his <laughs> pants, pants with a bear, bear in the woods? In the woods? <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. La last one. This is my favorite. Um, would you rather go to a sports game or a rat concert? <laughs> oh, my God. Rat. <laughs> that, okay, and that's the part where you and I... I swear, if I fl if I thumb through your album collection and oh I collect God. albums, I would not take one of them. You'd probably, and you'd probably you do the take same my Van with Van Halen mine. records. Maybe 1984 Van Halen one. Maybe, maybe. I think that I think that maybe I think they'd be safe. If you flip through my collection and I have thousands of records, I don't have one that's I don't have an Iron Maiden or a Rat or a <laughs> Black Sabbath even. All right, so so sports game sports. You, okay. Making sure. Looking All right. Awesome, man. Thank you, brother. Blast. I appreciate yeah. you coming by. I, I, do you want people to follow your dogs on Instagram? You want to give out that handle? Because everybody knows where to find the big. And two, two mixed mutts. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's yeah. a really cool Instagram, actually. You see the dogs and all their adventures and stuff. So, yeah. Thanks for coming by. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. Another episode of Bar Restaurant Podcast. Please subscribe. Give me a five star because Tucker is amazing. And uh, check out some of the other guests that we had. And guess what? This podcast is sponsored by myself. So, anyways. 
That's it. Peace out. Peace.